This episode of the Power Connect podcast is brought to you by Grid Monitor. So one of the ex-commissioners had this great observation. She said, oh, so you guys are creating the digital record. So the record doesn't exist. It exists in many places. But we're actually pulling together to create the record, the aggregated record of regulatory information in the ERCOT market. Welcome into the Power Connect Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Davis. Episode 24 of the program rolls along today. Glad to have you guys on board as we are each and every episode. Mr. Jim Curtin, Chief Product Officer of Grid Monitor, is our guest today. They are curating regulatory data over at Grid Monitor. What exactly does that mean? Well, we're glad you asked, and we're going to get knee-deep into that with Mr. Jim Curtin, because again, it doesn't sound all that exciting, but the accessibility and what they're able to do with information from across the Public Utility Commission, ERCOT and other hard to find data places and making it easily accessible is an absolute game changer and it, it is changing the way that you are going to get regulatory data in the very near future and they're making it easy to get right now. Now on top of that they're also a clean text member as well. I've been a part of clean text now for the last few months. Melissa Miller and her team over at clean text doing tremendous work and of course if you don't know about clean text go to the website cleantext.org. Their mission is to integrate the grid with 50% renewable energy by 2030 and of course they are bringing together folks from all across the energy landscape to help make that goal possible and of course they will have a happy hour in Dallas on Wednesday night, Sidecar Social, 5.30 to 7.30. Check it out. And of course, you can also connect with them on LinkedIn and go to their website, cleantext.org. But don't just take my word for it. Here is Jim Curtin telling you a little bit about Cleantext as well. When I first joined Cleantext, it's like three years ago, and went to these meetings and I found it to be a community of well-intentioned people who were looking at merging things. And it was kind of like a curiosity group. And then as I went to the second year and then this past year, it's I've seen dramatically shift where we've just put on 15,000 megawatts of solar last March. You know, solar is a major piece of our everyday operations. And Clean Texas is the, well, you have different lobbies in this. Clean Texas is the community that people come to understand, participate, and support the new grid, right? And it's not like I think it's shifted. What I love about Clean Texas is, is it's shifting from being that kind of do-gooder, you know, thing for the environment to a real industrial strength powerhouse of uh, economic value in renewable technology, right? And so Clean Texas is the, the, the spiritual kind of heartbeat of that to me, you know, and, and we need to support that. And so I'm a big fan. Thank you so much for that, Mr. Jim Curtin. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Go to cleantext.org today to learn more about it. That is cleantext.org. All right, Mr. Jim Curtin, again, no stranger to the software industry and what he's doing with his team over at Grid Monitor, curating regulatory data in one place, disseminating it with different mediums, whether it's video, audio, transcription, making it easy to find, and how they continue to evolve the product is absolutely incredible. And once you hear about it and go to their website, gridmonitor.com, you will be as impressed as I am. And of course, what they have planned on the horizon for the upcoming legislative session here in Texas coming up in January 2023 is equally as impressive is going to make finding that information a lot easier. Again, it's widely available, but it's not necessarily widely accessible. And of course, we all know how important time is. Grid Monitor is helping you save that kind of time and giving you 
boatloads of information on top of it. But enough about me telling you. Let's hear from the man himself. Please welcome to the program from Grid Monitor, Chief Product Officer, Mr. Jim Curtin. Thank you, Fred. That's uh, great. Yeah, and no, my accent is definitely from the Northeast. Uh, I'm from Boston, and I used to park the car, you know, at Harvard Yard, literally. Um, Mum and Dad, uh, Cambridge and Somerville. Okay. So, yeah, right, uh, good old townies. And so grew up in Boston, outside Boston. Uh, Dad and Mum, I'm the oldest of seven, which is great. I was lucky enough to play baseball, and baseball got me into Harvard, and Harvard opened doors for me into uh you know, finance and administration when I came out. And my first job was with Digital Equipment Corporation and DEC. They're like, they were the upstarts against IBM back in the day. And I went through a financial development training program, which is wicked cool. And after that, they sent me to Japan after three years. So I was in Japan for a number of years and then they sent me home, but I liked Japan so much, I went back on my own. I had a, a wife at this time, and so she was Japanese. And so I lived another seven years in Japan um, and built this... Uh, Open Software Foundation, and I didn't build it. I, I was I built the Asia Pacific territory, but that's where I really became managing director and you know really a CEO in training. But I grew the business very very aggressively, and you know your formative business years mm-hmm. you spent in Japan. Yeah. So what you know you know Harvard educated guy from Boston. What did you learn about business? How did that kind of shape your business mentality and what kind of those traits have you yeah. still carried on to today? Yeah, absolutely. It was very fundamental. Two, two lessons. One is I, I said to my father, I called him up. I said, Dad, business is baseball. I'm back. You know, because my whole purpose in life was to be a baseball player. But you got batters and innings and pitches, and each time you got to face them four times, so you got to, like, have different moves every time. They're going to – so it was a perfect analogy be for the map my – baseball into business. So that was number one. The second thing I learned is that sales is not about quota. Sales is about meeting the customer's need and solving a problem. I had had a huge resistance to sales because I thought it was just predatory and self-centered, just trying to hit a quota, not caring about the other person's needs. But Japan was a, uh, was a not-for-profit. The Open Software Foundation was not-for-profit. So I was just there to spread good. And what I realized is, if, this is the third thing, if you believe in something, you can do anything. So if you really believe in what you're selling and you have it, people just, you know, it's, it's the opens doors, belief, passion. That's why I like to do startups okay. because, you know, you get to play the game, you get to solve the problem, and you get to do it with passion. Yeah. You know, so anyway, that's what I learned in Japan. Okay. You know. So they came to you three years ago. And so what were you doing at the time uh, when they approached you about it? And was it just kind of, I mean, like you said, it was, but it was something that it builds off of what you've always done. Yeah. And it was one more... Mm-hmm. aspect of what you enjoy right mm-hmm. and so but I guess my question and on top of that what what had you done anything in the power sector no. to quite this extent see this is part of what made it thrilling for me if you want to go back to Japan it was good that you keep doing that at 26 when I went to Japan life was pretty well figured out you know not not really but you know what I mean like your daily stuff and going to Japan I had to figure out kanji, I had to figure out language, I had to figure out culture, and I had to keep my shit together, you know, my, my world together, right? And, and so, yeah, this, this energy industry, the electric power industry is completely new to me, as if I moved to Japan. I know nothing. I know nobody. I, know, I don't have any history whatsoever. But in the past three years, I've gobbled it up like a passion. I love, you know, listening to the meetings. I love watching the way our uh, regulators, you know, conduct business. I love the way the companies compete. And so 
it's been a fascinating thing in the energy industry. But what I was doing, I just finished, um, I had uh, sold one of my companies, and I, I was just uh, in the transition looking for new things. Literally, like two weeks later, I ran into uh, B.F. Whitworth, who's the guy, my friend, and we've become good friends, and we run this thing together with a team of, uh, you know, about 15 people right now. Um, so it's very lean, very efficient. But he came, and I was available, and and I looked at it, and I said, hmm, this is, this is good stuff. We're going to get to more about Grid Monitor here in a second, because obviously this is an energy-focused podcast, but I'm also fascinated by just, you know, how people operate as well. But you operate in a sense where, you know, typically they come to you when they need help, mm-hmm. right? When they need something fixed. Mm-hmm. They need a, what's that like when you come in with, and, and, you know, you're talking about guys, look, we all have egos, men, mm-hmm. women, you mm-hmm. know, especially in whatever industry you might be in. And obviously you're not dealing with, you know, the, the lowest of the low. I mean, you're dealing with C-level type folks. What's your approach when you go in and, and they see Jim Curtin coming in? Because they they got to know, look, because basically it's an, is it an indictment on them that, look, Jim wouldn't be here if you guys were doing what you're supposed to be doing. So how do you kind of soothe that or do you just hmm. kind of come in? Well, and- it's an interesting uh, perspective. Uh, early, early on when I was selling, you'd say, oh, we're going to see, you know, the old problem was you're going to take out jobs and people are like, well, I don't want that. I, you know, But what you then say is you, you take out the drudgery so people can focus on the value. Right. You take out the low-value ad work and you automate it so people can do more case cases. People can do more revenue generation. People can do more uh, innovation. Right. So it's always about squeezing out the inefficiency, the things that don't add value, and adding new value in. And so when I go in, there's, there's a couple things, too. The first thing you want to do is establish a relationship and a connection that you know their problem. Right? And so you say, how do you do this? Do you do this? I bet you do it like this. And you get that from the first conversation you have with someone. And then the second conversation, you say, do you do it like that? And then they add more. And then the third person, you say, do you do it like that or this? And then the fourth person, you do this. And so you're just constantly uh, collecting information, sorting it, throwing it against the wall to different people. And, and uh, not to go too far into this, but once you know what the problem is, once you know you can solve it, then you really just have to get the bona fides that you're credible enough. And part of that's just being nice. And part of that's being uh, flexible. And, you know, I don't have, can I have another two weeks on this? Sure. Uh, can I do this? Sure. Can I have a discount? Sure. You know, whatever you need to adopt it, because then you get adopted, you become very, it becomes very sticky. You become dependent on it. And, and not in a bad way. We have many of our users say, oh, you spoil me. I, I can't go to watch these meetings without this tool because it puts everything in my fingertips. So, but... But the other thing about it, Fred, is that I, I spent a lot of time, I put in time and grade. It wasn't like I just waltzed in and just started faking it until I make it, right? I, I worked with the people in the company first, so I had to get their respect first, right? The experts who designed this product and just couldn't get it to work <laughs> and couldn't get it finished. So they had all the concepts and all the pieces, but it didn't work. So I had to strip it all out. I had to go in. I had to work with the people understand what they're trying to do and then actually you know, separate the people out so that they could understand what I was saying. Their problem was communication. They just didn't know how to talk to each other in the right way. And so one guy didn't know what a use case was. <laughs> you just have to translate the terms they're saying, you know. So anyway, we got the product out, and in doing that, I really saw the power. And I saw, like, people were doing in five minutes what they would do for four hours before. Dramatic difference. Yeah. And so I would just show people that. And everyone I talked to said, that's exactly what's happening to me. And so once you understand people's minds and what their problem space is and think you have something that will solve it, then you're in. So Admin Monitor 
is what produces the Public Utility Commission meetings, the Texas Railroad Commission meetings, and that's our sister company. And Grid Monitor takes those video assets and other things like filings and news and puts them into a product viewer so that you have all your information at your fingertips. So admin produces the capture. They like capture the content like C-SPAN, right? Grid Monitor puts it into a slicer, dicer, and then a, a kind of processor, and then it gives you this value-added information. So it's taking raw information, collecting it, organizing it, and then adding to it and presenting it to you fully formed, you know, so, if you will. Yeah. So, okay, so was Grid Monitor, so they were already operating in California when you came on board? So there was an existing company that my partners bought, and then they wanted to build Grid Monitor on top of that. They were about two years into it, and it wasn't working. They brought me in to get it to uh, market, and I had a customer about eight months later, my first customer, LCRA. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, so you guys are essentially, you know, you're taking this, you know, basically mishmash of information that to the average person is hard to consume, mm -hmm. right? I mean, let's mm -hmm. call it what it is. I mean, look, I've sat through plenty of city council meetings, PUC meetings, whatever it is. I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. It, it's hard and it's time consuming, too, because there's multiple clicks to get to each thing and then you got to reset and come back and click, 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 and then click, 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 click. And it's like, it's very inefficient. Right? And we made it more efficient by, you know, many less clicks. We start looking at different roles. You've got administrators, you've got consultants, lobbyists, lawyers, you've got executives, you've got all these different types of people that need different levels of information. One of the interesting phenomena I found right away with my first prospect I talked to was muscle memory. Because these things are so complex and difficult, the people who've thrived have created elaborate self-systems that are very you know, powerful but inflexible. Right? And they don't want to learn a new one. So I've gotten a number of these people to convert, you know, but there's still some that are comfortable with their old ways. So I started to go to their assistants and their associates and their other people who are more open to uh, technology and saving time. Right? So I've had a great luck going to the partner and going to the executive and just saying, how about you get this for your staff to be a force multiplier? You know, and that's exactly like what Pat Wood, you know, from Hunt Energy Networks. The first thing he got on the demo with me and he's, he had Manny and uh, Don and, and these people on there. And he said, I want a force multiplier for my team. They've got five users and they're, you know, exactly the type of company we, we provide value to and help them save tremendous amounts of time. When I talk to users and I give them a demo and I show them what it has, they, oh my God, I literally on last Friday, uh, my last person I spoke to said, I've been over PJM, I've been here, I've been there, and this is by far the most impressive product I've ever seen. That's what keeps me going. Yeah. You know, how can you not be excited about that when someone, you meet them for 15 minutes and they look at it and they just go, oh my God. And that's pretty much consistent experience. When people who have the problem see the solution, they're like, yeah, and then, you know, they work through, like, you know, they usually buy it right away when they get there, and that's where I'm getting that nice traction right now. It's, it's getting them to see it and getting them to understand it. But the other way I think it will help me um, get more adoption is to add more services and more, like, kind of requested functions. When I say services, imagine, like, just giving someone a pilot to fly their plane. You know, I don't want to fly. I just want to get there, right? And so we'll have a services person be your information Sherpa. You know, basically, I need this information from this meeting, I need this and this, and just send it to me. And I could probably, me or someone like me, could use the tool and do it in five minutes. It might take them five hours. Yeah. That's a service that will get them hooked. The other thing is, uh, interestingly, um, 
a week or two ago, one of the major, major energy companies wanted to produce a highlight reel from the latest energy legislative uh, session, the uh, Senate Business and Commerce uh, session. And we were able to take their timestamps. They had one of their people go and identify timestamps and quotes and speakers. I was able to take our product, take a URL of our format in long story short, I was able to make some calculations, get the time in seconds, put it into the URL, and create a highlight reel very quickly. These are the types of things, these highlight reels take them days to produce, and I can get it by noon the next morning. And so it's like, how can I monetize all these amazingly useful things I have? And so I'm focused on the electric market right now in Texas. Very small, very specific, but most of the things I build, 99% of the stuff we have in our product, can be taken horizontally outside of this vertical market. For example, we take a meeting and we strip the audio out and we break it into text. We chop that into snippets and we put it back into uh, our product. So you can search through the transcript, click it, and it'll bring you right. So it's a navigation tool. It'll bring you right to that point, right? That is for ERCOT meetings and this, but it could also be for your staff meetings. It could be for your podcast. It could be for a Clean Texas event, which we do right now, too. You know, so you can host conferences, podcasts, meeting notes, all in this one technology we built for the electric market. So one of the ex-commissioners had this great observation. She said, oh, so you guys are creating the digital record. So the record doesn't exist. It exists in many places, but we're actually pulling together to create the record, the aggregated record of regulatory information in the ERCOT market. And that's pretty cool. And I've, I've emphasized that to people ever since, is that there is no one record except for what we're collecting and creating for you. You know, it all exists out there. And most people are perfectly happy to do it the old way. What I'm trying to encourage them is they, you keep doing it the old way. And when you see these little people promoted or getting richer or driving better cars, and you want to know why, it's because they're doing five times the volume of you in about half the work. Yeah. Right? This is the essence of what I'm offering people. More volume, less work, which means more money, more time. To be able to, if I can get a URL that's going to take me to the video and the transcription mm -hmm. of it, like that, and that's right a game ne Yeah, and then right next to that's a button to look at the filings. They were just made that this morning. They're in a totally different place. Or next to that's a news story that you, was related to this meeting. You know, they're all in one page right there. But if you go to the news story, you can get back to the meeting. If you go to the filing, you can get to the meeting or the news. They're all interconnected and circularly referenced, if you will. Who's, who's the, what's the example of a grid, grid monitor customer? Uh, so there's two big types. One is a single operated professionals like lawyers, lobbyists, and consultants who serve big companies, and they being the second. And the big companies are typically the market participants, the generators, the transmission and distribution, the retail uh, providers, the wholesale providers, et cetera. More and more, uh, the load side or the you know consumption side is being represented in uh, people like HEB, and of course you see Tesla coming in being a power company and a, a load user at their big factory. So. You know, it's, it's anyone who consumes electricity and has to, is regulated, you know, and they just have to stay on top of it. Disputing rate cases or, you know, there's just so many reasons that people would need to, uh, I mean, power is power, right? It's fundamental to every business. And now what do you need to care about your rates? It's a size issue. So they have industrial, you know, customers who are also grid monitor users. Uh, I've got people like AT&T, University of Texas, um, talking to Intel, 
you know, big, big, you know, people that use a lot of electricity. But mainly, like, uh, you know, like I said, Hunt Energy uh, Network before, um, and, and firms like Hush Blackwell, Lock Lord, uh, Vincent and Elkins, um, Balton Bingham, uh, you know, just go down the list. You know, we're we're up to about 50 or so, you know, good accounts and growing, you know, all the time. You know, in my mind, this could be one of the biggest things I've ever done, and I've done some big things, and I've done things that could have been bigger. But this this is like the future of information management. This is post-Google stuff. This is like putting information in a moat and saying, I just want you to look at this, not all the other Viagra ads and not all the bullshit. And, and that's the future. People want curated, moated, fenced-in data that they want monitored and managed for them, right? And you're doing it in different mediums. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the beauty of it, right? Yeah. It's not just, again, it's not just text. It's not just video. You're bringing, you know, you're bringing data that supports it, news, the whole nine. I mean, you're giving them a comprehensive package of data. Mm -hmm. that you're, that, again, if you went and found it individually, you might, it might take you weeks, exactly. days, hours. And then know, guess what? And then guess what? It changes. And it changes. <laughs> Constantly. So this is the whole point. It's a fool's errand to try to stay on top of it. But when you wire it and you automate it and you have it going in an automated fashion, it's very efficient. You know, outside of the day-to-day, -day, what are some other things that are on the horizon? What's next for Jim Curtin and, and Grid Monitor? Yeah, well, it, it, it's a great question. Um, right now, even though a lot of time has passed, we've had limited engineering resource to apply, so we tackle one module and another module. And I've got a plan on how to scrub the product from all its old uh, stuff and, and, and then get it ready for going to other markets, right? So I've got to finish a bit of my follow module and I've got to finish a bit of uh, uh, rehab, refurbish my news module. I want to organize it a little differently. But then we're going to get ready for the 88th ledge. So the 88th legislative session is coming, you know, January of next year. And while we cover the ledge and all their activity and all their meetings, we actually, this is what gives me the idea is, we're actually scraping all the bills and we're taking all the video, but we're only presenting the electric part. So certain bills are tagged, sure. electric meetings. But our ambition for this next ledge session is to offer the tool for the horizontal ledge activity. So if you're in transportation or if you're in you know, uh, health and safety, if you're in whatever, you can use our tool to go back and find transcripts, uh, meetings, filings, all sorts of stuff beyond the electric market. So our goal is to do a ledge monitor for Q1. Yeah, and it's fun. And then we'll go, see, this is the thing. Everyone keeps talking about the other ISOs. Just to put in perspective, each ISO, Texas, California, and New York are the only ones with single state ISOs, okay. you know, CAISO and New York ISO and ERCOT. Everyone else, SPP, MISO, there's many public utility commissions, many legislatures, so you've got a many different multi-foot problem. It doesn't mean we can't do it. It just means a lot more well, wiring and planning. Right. It's not that 80% necessarily. Right. Because, I mean, the, the, the dirty details are, you know, we scrape that stuff, and we have to know what to scrape and where to scrape. So we need to know where to put our connectors. And if we don't get the right data elements, you know, we're pulling, it's not going to be used. So we've got to identify the right data elements, where they exist, and then program an automated process to make sure we're always current with whatever that data is. Real quick, because obviously, again, you're, you've been in the computer business for a number of years. You've been in the software technology side of things. Do you feel it's being, that, that you know, energy as far as are there, their adoption of technology, mm -hmm. and are they becoming more responsive mm -hmm. to accepting SaaS mm -hmm. and, you know, being a little more proficient when it comes to technology side of things. 
I, it's a great question. I love it. And I feel like part of why I'm over here is that shift that's happening. And I think the cloud, the success of the cloud, uh, the robustness of networking, and the emerging technologies like blockchain and crypto and uh, quantum and all these things are reshaping the world. And these, this industry, it's so fascinating to me because the, the model of the electricity industry is the old mainframe model. You build a generator and everything goes around that. It's very inflexible. You can't move it. You can't do anything. You can't shift it. And now with all these DER and microgrids and, you know, uh, node-based uh, settlements and all this stuff and aggregated load resources, we're seeing rapid, rapid technology adoption. And it's really like the mainframe is going to go skip the mini computer and skip the PC and go right to the cloud, right? So the distributed energy and automate, uh, automated transactions of energy using things like distributed ledgers and taking things from source behind the meter, I mean, in front of the meter, you know, the source all the way through the meter to the back end and looking at devices consumptions, you know, on an emissions, I mean, the, the future the technology is being rapidly adopted in the industry um, and it's saving their ass. I mean, right now, look at the batteries. Look at look at the solar and wind. It's, it's we're sitting here in lights right now because of battery, solar, and wind. Right? We would not have had that much generation to serve eighty, you know, megawatt, eighty thousand megawatts. Right? Yeah, so, but anyway, I the reputation is a stodgy, you know, industry. Right? And uh, but the technology is perfect and, and i never had the appreciation for electric power ever i was a software guy as a middleware guy and i come down here and i said holy shit this is like amazing and, and to think that it has to stay so there's a 87 8760 8760 8760 that's what a, every electric professional knows because that's how many hours there are in a, a year and they have to be on 8760 hours right and so that's why there's convergence. They can't afford to rest ever. The power always has to be on, right? And they have to balance that frequency at 60 hertz. You know, it's got to be there. If it goes to 59.4, we're going to all die. You know, it's like, so they're constantly on this, right? So. Do you have a new appreciation and respect now for the uh, energy market and the power market now that you've been in it for these last uh, now that you've been, I mean, because again, you've been immersed in it, right? Absolutely. I mean, you haven't just dipped your toe. I mean, you've no. been all cannonball yeah, into and, yeah. ERCOT, which, I mean, let's call it what it is. You know, I mean, maybe people knew about it before Uri, or excuse me, people knew about it before Winterstorm Uri, but after Uri, ERCOT became a regular word in the American lexicon. It did, and it became, in my mind, still the center of the universe with innovation of what needs to be done to protect things. It's got a great uh, uh, experiment lab because it's it's so, you know, uh, isolated, right? But ERCOT is a household word now, but um, I also see people coming in, in in grid monitor from all over the world to want to know what's happening in ERCOT. How are they solving this? What is this new market design? What is the, the, they doing ancillary services? How are they doing distributed energy credits? You know, this, it's like a, it's like a, a, a case study and, and all these other countries and all these other markets are seeing how is Texas solving this? Get you out of here with this. And I guess it's more like I said, we already know you're, you're knee deep in what's going on at grid monitor. But again, you're a guy that uh, isn't shy from you know jumping out and doing other things. Is Grid Monitor your swan song, or I mean, I, you know, I don't want to jump ahead of anybody. Like that too, or <laughs> no, no, no. Your, this, this, is, uh, this, uh, this is this. This is. I don't know how long it could go. Two two more years could go. Ten. It could go two months. I mean, God forbid. But there's things in parallel. Now, ultimately, I want to build these up to make opportunities for other people. You know, create you know general managers to become leading off. You know, I want to grow people. You know, my dad was a coach and a teacher. 
And when I said baseball, I'm back. I didn't mean just being a pitcher. I meant I could, I could be a coach, I could be a mentor, I could be a leader. And that's what I love to do is to help people, right? And so I'll always find opportunities to do that. How big and ambitious, I actually think they might become more ambitious because my baby, my 22-year-old, just graduated and she has a job. And so all of that power plant that was supporting my three children of my energy is now needs to be reallocated somewhere else. And I'm going to put it into my companies. Thank you so much for that, Mr. Jim Curtin. You can catch all of the Power Connect episodes over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on the website, thepowerconnect.net. Be sure to follow us and connect with us over on LinkedIn, Fred Davis, and the Power Connect. And, of course, if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and be sure to listen to the podcast because it does help with the algorithm. News you can use coming up on Wednesday and Friday. And, of course, Mr. Sean Kelly on Thursday, CEO and co-founder of Amperon. Tremendous episode that I'm looking forward to, and I know you will enjoy it as well. Thank you once again, as always, to the entire guest, the audience, and everybody for making this happen. Without you doing what you do, we couldn't do what we do. This has been the Power Connect Podcast, connecting the energy transition one conversation at a time. Wake up, all the builders, time to build a new land. I know we could do it if we all lend a hand. The only thing we have to do.